Hi, welcome to Bookie. To unlock more world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features. Today we will unlock the book Priceless, The Myth of Fair Value and How to Take Advantage of It. Before we start, let's talk about the story of a lawsuit against McDonald's in the 1990s. This case involved a compensation of 2.86 million US dollars just because of a cup of coffee. In the late winter of 1992, Stella Liebeck, a 79-year-old lady in Albuquerque, New Mexico, bought a 49-cent cup of coffee at a local McDonald's drive-thru. Her grandson pulled over the car so that she could add sugar to the coffee. Mrs. Liebach steadied the cup between her legs and tried uncovering the lid towards the direction of her body. While doing this, the coffee spilled. Mrs. Liebach's groin, buttocks, and thighs were confirmed by doctors to have burns ranging from level I to 3. The cost of skin grafting reached $11,000, plus treatment for the next two years. She initially demanded compensation of only $11,000, and then increased it to $20,000. McDonald's however refused to pay that much and was only willing to pay $800. After being rejected, Liebach resorted to asking lawyer Reed Morgan for help. Morgan changed the idea behind the previous lawsuit. He argued that the temperature of McDonald's coffee when delivered off the counter, was between 180 to 190 degrees Fahrenheit, which was higher than the temperature of coffee served in other restaurants which would be about 135 to 140 degrees. He stated that McDonald's coffee was therefore more likely to cause burns, and argued that this difference was a product defect, and a result of being negligent of hidden dangers. On this basis, he asserted that McDonald's should be punished. After a lengthy lawsuit, the final jury decided that McDonald's should pay Liebrich $160,000 in compensation for damages, plus $2.7 million in punitive damages. The amount was later reduced to $640,000 by the presiding judge. In the end, the two parties reached an out-of-court settlement on the premise of keeping the amount of compensation confidential. Hearing the details of this case raises countless questions. Aside from the legal norms, what psychological basis did the jury have for deciding on this staggering amount of $2.86 million? In other words, what were the mysterious hidden psychological factors behind this price? Today, this book Priceless will bring you to a new level of understanding, so that you may no longer be confused by the price of things. The author William Poundstone was nominated twice for the Pulitzer Prize. He is also a contributor to the Harvard Business Review and the New York Times, and is the writer and co-producer of two featured shows on ABC television. Priceless was even praised by the Nobel laureate in economics Daniel Kahneman, who called it an instructive and entertaining romp. So, what is unique about this book? This book reveals the secrets behind the prices and tricks businesses play. For example, why is it that in many restaurants, you only need to pay $30 for a buffet? Why does the price of the same bottle of beer differ so much between a grocery store and a fancy hotel? Why do stores place a pair of $100 shoes next to another pair of shoes priced at $500? Why not just call this book The Secret of Prices instead of Priceless? This is because the author believes that there is nothing such as an original price in this world, 
but only the psychological battles that take place in our minds. He reveals not only the secret behind the price of things, but also the psychological mysteries of the human mind. Next, we will unscramble the psychological concepts behind prices in three parts, and deconstruct how businesses take advantage of these psychological concepts to trick consumers and increase profit. We will also learn how we as ordinary people can make these concepts work in our favor. Part 1. Comparative Psychology Part 2. Preference Reversal Effect Part 3. Anchoring Effect We'll start by talking about the first psychological concept used behind a price, comparative psychology. What is this? Comparative psychology refers to the fact that we have no idea what the true value of an item is. Usually, we use comparison to determine whether the price of an item is rational. Assume that you were asked to pick up a suitcase and guess its weight. How accurate would your guess be? Realistically, most people will admit that they are unable to make the correct guess. But if you were given two suitcases with the same appearance, one weighing 15 kilogram and the other weighing 16 kilogram, you could easily tell which is heavier and which is lighter. Now, let's assume that the suitcase is lost luggage being auctioned off. The lock is picked, and the suitcase contains some clothes, a high-end camera, and some other items. Can you now guess how much money will win the bid? In other words, how much do you think the suitcase and its contents would be worth? How accurate would be your guess? Unfortunately, it's just as difficult to guess the price as it is to guess the weight. After hearing this, you may say it's normal for auctions to be unpredictable. Okay, let's make it easier. Pretend you're a bidder at the auction. All you have to do is decide your top bid. You're not guessing what other people's bidding price is, you're just deciding how much the suitcase would be worth to you. At this moment, you may end up looking around and suspecting that your price is a lot higher than that of other bidders. You are afraid of suffering a loss. Therefore, we can see that judging a price has a lot in common with guessing the weight of a suitcase, both are difficult skills to grasp. In other words, our understanding of prices is no more accurate than that of weight, brightness, or loudness. This is how we are. People are acutely sensitive to relative differences, but we are unable to make accurate judgments on absolute values. Anyone who has held a yard sale knows how difficult it is to put prices on household junk. This old Elvis Presley CD should be more expensive than this Katy Perry CD. But you are not sure whether you should sell it for $50 or $5. So how do businesses take advantage of this psychology to make money? Some businesses use a straightforward strategy called direct comparison. For example, Gucci has an alligator leather handbag priced at $10,000. There is also another handbag that looks very similar, which is made of ostrich leather and is priced at $3,000. For most consumers, it is indeed difficult to guess which one is worth $10,000 and which one is worth $3,000. Some people even think that ostrich leather is more luxurious than alligator leather. However, to make comparative psychology work, Gucci has to offer a non-cost-effective option. A $10,000 alligator leather bag is so ridiculously expensive that only a few would buy it. However, its presence makes the $3,000 ostrich leather bag more desirable, and therefore more ostrich leather bags are sold. 
Of course, each Gucci flagship store will be allocated with only one or two of these super expensive leather bags. They are usually placed in a very prominent location with an elegant and recognizable large font price tag, so that consumers could see the price clearly. However, even if none of these super high-priced bags are sold, they produce a contrasting effect. Sales of ostrich bags for $3,000 have soared, and Gucci's retailers can happily count their money. Some businesses will not directly display a high-priced product for consumers to compare with other products. Instead, they will guide consumers to make comparisons in their minds. For example, when setting a price, businesses like to put a 9 after the decimal point. In other words, they may set their price as 9.99, 19.99, 99.99, or 999. Some retailers even open grocery stores with all items priced at 99 cents. This actually reaches the peak of the advertising effect. What is this peak? As Roger Sterling says on an episode of Mad Men, 99 cents. 99 cents is actually only one cent less than one dollar, which is only one percent off from a whole dollar. However, psychologically, the 99-cent label makes people feel as if they have received a great discount. This is because this price label is in line with our mindset of making comparisons when trying to decide. When there are many products to choose from our attention fluctuates, and the brain automatically searches for products that are easy to compare to. If one product is obviously cheaper than the other, we will easily pay attention to the cheaper one. A price of 99 cents is very attractive, because it is a little cheaper than the integer price of $1 that we imagined. We can't help but buy the item. In addition to offering prices ending with the number 9, merchants also like to give discount coupons. This is because people are more inclined to buy a $500 printer with a $20 coupon than a similar printer for $480. You may wonder why because $500 does not seem that much more expensive than $480. After all, it's only a $20 difference. But there's a big psychological difference for consumers between getting and not getting a rebate. For sure, there is nothing free in this world. We all know that products offering discounts will be labeled more expensively. But merchants are also aware that, even if such a product is labeled with a slightly more expensive price, sales will not be affected. Consumers only have a vague concept of price, so they will find clues directly from the price tag, and think that a $500 printer is better than a $480 printer, even if a $500 printer can also be offered with a discount. There are even cleverer businesses that will use methods to prevent consumers from making comparisons, such as unbundling. For example, one airline offers the lowest fees for checked baggage, another has a good deal for inflatable pillows, and still others provide free lunches and drinks. In this situation, it is challenging for consumers to compare the actual prices of a trip. This is because in addition to the ticket price, there are many other fees to be paid and no convenient calculator to add them all up. Therefore, most travelers would set aside these miscellaneous expenses and make their choices based solely on certain criteria, such as flight time and ticket prices. As a result, consumers cannot reasonably determine which company offers the cheapest price. So in the end, the airlines win. Do you think the tricks businesses are playing on their consumers are too much?
Businesses can use these schemes to make money, but we can also use this knowledge of psychology to pursue our self-interests and greater convenience. Take one of the things that most concern us as an example. When applying for a job, how should we negotiate salary with the interviewer to get the highest offer? Here's an example. An EMBA graduate was invited to an interview after submitting a resume. After the interview, the HR Talent Acquisition Supervisor commented that he was excellent. In addition to the EMBA degree, he had many years of experience as a corporate executive. His profile was a good fit for the position they had posted. Therefore, during the second interview, the head of the business unit attended and asked a lot of business-related questions. Of course, the head was also satisfied. Finally, it came to the crucial question, what is your expected salary for the marketing director position you are applying for? The candidate was very smart. He did not directly utter a number, but put it this way, before deciding to study for EMBA full-time, my last position at the former company was as the regional marketing manager, with an annual salary of $60,000. After enrolling into the course, I found out that my classmates each received a substantial amount of salary. One of the highest annual salaries reached $100,000 even before starting school. However, for MBA graduates like us, the current job market is not an employee's market. One of my roommates was offered an annual salary of $70,000 last week. In fact, my expectations are not high. I believe you will offer me a salary based on the company's standard. Well, as we can tell, this answer is smart. He set out three referential salaries for the interviewers to weigh. If you were the interviewer, how much would you offer him? It will most likely not be lower than $60,000, and will probably be around $70,000 or even higher. This is because if the interviewers want to recruit him, they wouldn't want to offer a salary that is less than his roommates, or else the candidate wouldn't accept it. Okay, that is the first psychological concept used behind price, comparative psychology. This means that we cannot judge the absolute value of an item's price, and we can only determine whether the price is reasonable or not through comparison. Therefore, businesses will place high-priced products in a prominent position in the store, set the price ending with the number 9, or grant discount coupons. The method of unbundling is also used to prevent consumers from making comparisons at all. Ordinary people like us can also use this mentality to maximize our interests. For example, in salary negotiations, we can give a higher figure for reference and let the interviewer weigh against it. Today we are just sharing limited bookie. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features.